In a world where entertainment is randomly scattered across Wikipedia, and no one can be sure of anything. Citation needed! Two men stand alone. They are Ben Graw, I'm Earth's last hope, and Garth Remington. Does it come with a pickle or is that extra? And word on the street is, they're gonna clean up Wikipedia. Yo, I heard word on the street is, they gonna clean up Wikipedia. And while they're fighting a tide of information, their fans are fighting tides of hot girls hitting on them. You listen to Wiki Review? That's hot. But sometimes you have to go off page to get the job done. I got the internet breathing down my neck because you're rogue hot shot rating system! This isn't a podcast. This is the Wiki Review. This is what happens when you give away your apocalypse secrets on a podcast. Well, I know that now. (laughs) Yeah, you want to experience the suckery. Walk it off, sweetie. Hello and welcome to Wiki Review. I'm Ben Graw. I'm Gareth Remington. And on this week, we're going to go through a hunt and see if we can find a whole bunch of Easter eggs. Because on this episode, we're doing the Wikipedia page for Easter egg, in brackets, media. The Easter Parade. I have no idea what I could do for a sound effect for an <laughs> Easter egg. It's a weird thing. Is that an Easter egg to something? No, it's just a song. I heard it on South Park. It said <laughs> so Easter just- eggs. Uh, technically, I just did an Easter egg as a nod to South Park. That counts, right? I, I don't know. We've only just started. I haven't read the definition yet. Yeah, we haven't got into that. I'm like panicking like, Easter eggs don't make noise. And neither do rabbits. And a chicken's too far removed. Chocolate doesn't make noise. What am I, what am I doing? Does Easter have a song? No. I heard a song on South Park. Will that do? Is everyone buying it? I think I've ruined everything. Why did I pick this page? <laughs> All right. So you messed up this episode's sound effect you'll get them next time there's a lot of pressure for next time oh i'm gonna bring it (laughs) there you go on the next episode of wiki review garth's best sound effect ever it's gonna go for an hour and a half (laughs) it's gonna be the whole episode and then we're gonna rate the page based on what my sound effect was (laughs) oh i hope it's like fire trucks or something just hour and a half i can do that well it's my choice so i'm gonna pick the most difficult thing i can think of <laughs> this episode we're doing silent movies <laughs> ben you son of a bitch <laughs> uh. yeah that's my challenge to you find the most obscurely audio thing that you can think of for the next episode that'll be fun okay something really weird so we're doing the page easter egg in brackets media because we're not talking about actual easter eggs no not the chocolate eggs mm. that are covered in foil not the ones because in a week's time i'm gonna eat so many of those bad boys well yeah it is about easter so we can probably talk about those easter eggs for a little do you uh, have a favorite i have just recently i know i wasn't supposed to but they were hit the shelves and i'm naughty i got into some easter eggs already this year i've been eating 
watching hot cross buns since Boxing Day. Who waits for that stuff? <laughs> I tried hot cross bun flavored M&Ms. That sounds weird. Was it good? No, it was terrible. <laughs> it was, I knew it when I bought it that it was going to be bad, but you know, you see it and you're like, a hot cross bun M&M. Well, I like M&Ms. I like hot cross buns. I don't think this is going to taste good, but how are they going to put a hot cross bun flavor in an M&M? I must try it. I am a sucker for a limited edition. Like you told me they sucked, but if I saw them on the shelves, I would still buy them. Yeah. You want to experience the suckery. Yeah. <laughs> I want to taste that terrible taste too. Garth can't be the only one. And I'm just impressed by if they make the flavor. I've said this many times, like, oh, it's grape flavored. Oh my God, it tastes like grape. <laughs> I'm genuinely amused and surprised every time. I remember there was a lolly where they were called mixers. It's a bag full of different flavors, but if you twist them together and eat them, they make a different flavor. And it was one, it was like, if you mix, it was like the cola one. And I think like a lemon one or an orange one, you mix them together and it made Turkish delight. And I went, get the fuck out of here. That's not a thing. That, those <laughs> that can't be real. Yeah, I know maths when it comes to flavors. <laughs> flavor maths, I call it. Coke plus lemon does not equal Turkish Tur delight. That's not what it is. But I'll be damned if I didn't twist them together, put it in my mouth with doubt, and then be like, oh my god, it tastes like Turkish Delight! <laughs> they did it! They cracked it! So it turns out Coke and Lemon, that's all Turkish Delight is. Apparently. I mean, I thought it was rose flavor, but what do I know? <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, you'd never have got a job at the Twisties company. So I'm a sucker for that, so I saw this, and I knew it was gonna be bad, but I had to try it. It's like an M&M, but worse. They just put a cinnamon flavor in it or something. It doesn't taste like a hot cross bun. It's just a little bit worse than an M&M. Every chocolate's Easter version generally sucks. It's always just a little bit worse than just the normal version. There is only one exception to this. Ferrero Rocher. The Ferrero Rocher Easter eggs, they're better than Ferrero Rocher's. They're awesome. Yeah, because the Ferrero Rocher, like, it's supposed to be all fancy, but you get into it and it's like, what did I just eat? Like, it just disappeared in my mouth. Mm. There's a lot of unnecessary crunchiness. Yeah. But the Easter egg, tell me about the Easter egg. Well, the Easter egg, it hasn't got, like, that crunchiness out of layer. It's nice and smooth, and it's <gasps> a bit more compact and bite-sized and the distribution throughout the egg is just perfect. Oh. It's the perfect ratio where you can just sit there and eat a bag. They go down easily. Oh yeah. They are the only company that nail it. The Cadbury egg, that is something beautiful. I mean, that's a classic. The cream fill, the nougat cream stuff mm. inside, it's sickly. You get in there, you bite your way in and there's just white goo and then there's that little bit of yellow goo which tastes the same but you imagine it's better. I can't eat them anymore. They're way too sweet for me. Oh. When I was a kid, I used to love them, but now, no. Nah. I take like two <laughs> bites and I'm like, I could throw up after the third bite. Since they took my foot off of me due to the diabetes, I had to give up the Cadbury egg. The Easter egg I really miss from when I was a kid is that Humpty Dumpty one that was full of Smarties. Do you remember that one? I do remember that one. Like the Smarties, chocolate not so good. I wasn't a big fan of that. My dad used to always get us a Darryly football, which- I've seen those on shelves. Never yeah, had one. It's just a big Easter egg that on the foil someone put laces on one part of the foil and ta-da it's a football now yeah I remember when I was a kid my dad got me a dinosaur Easter egg yes and it was just named that because it was so massive and like when you're like seven and get a big massive Easter egg you just lose your shit yes <laughs> it is the greatest thing ever size does matter when you're a child and it's chocolate I mean that thing was like the size of my head yeah back in those days you could wear it as a helmet if you really <laughs> 
really are okay with eating hair covered chocolate later because it will melt. <laughs> I do remember thinking it was a beautiful thing because I ate all my smaller Easter eggs before it because I wanted to leave Build it intact up. so I could just all take it in one go. What's your tactic for the egg eating? Because you know how like you take the bite, the initial bite, do you go to the, obviously you start at the smaller tip? No, I'm more someone who smashes it. Like a punch? Like you're gouging its eyes out kind of thing? I give it a punch. You give it a punch? I give it like a strike or something. I mean, back with the dinosaur one, I do remember like going full out and punching that one because I, I was wanting to enjoy it. Well, yeah, that's a beautiful thing. That does sound enjoyable. But no, I always smash up Easter eggs and then just like eat the shots. Okay, so you smash them up so it goes inside so it's all like in the cup? Sometimes I have a bowl there, but if I can nail it where it all cups inside the Easter egg, that's absolutely perfect. Okay, I do not do that. Especially with the big ones is really hard, especially if the chocolate's thick. I start with the bite, which means that you get those teeth incisions as I've like sliced it and the slobber because I'm like trying to get into an egg that's too big for me. <laughs> like a ferret with a emu egg. And you're just trying to unhinge your jaw to get around this huge thing. I mean, there's a point where some of them are like really difficult to eat. If you get one of those large Easter eggs, you can't easily get a bite in there. Yeah, it's not good. You're basically unhinging your jaw and you can see the teeth drag marks. <laughs> you're stuck on it trying to like in and you like drooling on it essentially. It's okay, I'll eat that very quickly. But then once I've got that, then I may pluck pieces off, but I really, I this is the OCD thing. I really don't like having the bits inside it. I like it to be all one. So if a bit falls in, I have to reach in and get it out. <laughs> it can't wait. It has to be eaten so that it's just the shell. I think I ruin a lot of my enjoyment to life by like being too particular about these things, but we're here now. <laughs> Actually, your OCD thing reminds me of a story. Here we go. I don't think I've said this on the podcast, but I've recently enrolled in film school. We're we're all very proud of you. So for the next year, I'm learning film and television and going to become a better filmmaker. And hopefully this will be reflected on our YouTube channel. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully. That's always the dream, isn't it? Well, as long as hopefully reflected on our YouTube page means we'll have some new content, Mm. then I think everyone's on board. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so we do assignments there where we've got to film things. And one of the things that we had to film recently or we're in production of right now, and I've got to film soon, is a PSA on something. Okay. Okay. Just a public service announcement that tells you about like- I'm so glad you said that because in my head I'm going PSA. All right. So glad you said that. Sorry for running. So we all have to pitch ideas for what we think would be a good public service announcement. And it can be about things like texting and driving and graffiti or shoplifting, just something where you're spreading general good. Okay. Don't do this. Be a good person. And so I'm going down the list and I decide on one for animal adoption. Oh, that's a nice cause. Yeah. Thinking like I I could probably reach out, find some animal adoption thing and maybe make an ad for them. But then other people in there start pitching their ideas and something- Oh, so you're all pitching ideas and you all have a different idea. We're all pitching our ideas and then we're going to vote on the four best. And so I'm doing my whole like, I reckon we should do the animal thing. And really, I'm just thinking like, I want to film puppies. <laughs> Who doesn't want to film puppies? Mm. Everyone loves puppies. You put a cute puppy video up on YouTube, you will get a million views. Do you know why? Who doesn't love puppies? Puppies. Puppies sell themselves. You just go adopt puppies. Boom. Yeah. Everyone's like, I want a puppy. Yeah. Who doesn't exactly. want a puppy? The puppies sell themselves. Yeah. Hotcakes. <laughs> if I showed you a puppy right now and just gone, do you like this puppy? Of course you would like it. It's a puppy. In fact, you don't even have to see it. You're all listening to us. You're like, you can imagine the puppy and you want that puppy. 
puppy, don't you? You know why? Because it's a puppy. Oh, wow. We are saying puppy a lot. Yeah, puppies are cute. <laughs> so anyway, it goes around the rest of the class and they're giving their pitches. And I guess one thing that you should know about me and the rest of the class is I'm a bit older than they are. I'm in my 30s. Okay, whereas these kids are not. Uh, uh, most of my class is not. The, if going down and youngest, the next closest to me is 22. Wow. And the rest are like 17 or 18. Wow. Just out of high school, essentially. Okay. So as we're going round and all these kids are pitching their ideas, one reoccurring theme keeps coming up. Depression. And it's all like, imagine being this guy who everyone thinks is okay, but really like you're unconfident about yourself and unsure. And people should be able to talk about things like that. And this is everybody's pitch. Input. In some way or another. And those who don't go into like different mental disorders. And it's like every pitch is for a mental disorder. Some of the kids said he wanted to make a goofy one about drugs. And I'm like, I want to make his. That sounds it's like, like mine and his. Let, let's do that. Oh my God. Drugs on it with puppies. <laughs> let's get high and pat puppies. Why <laughs> is that not already a public service <laughs> announcement? <laughs> You know it's meant to be like anti-drugs, right? Well, I don't see how it possibly could be. <laughs> I mean, if there's puppies involved, they pet a puppy. Oh, dude, this fur is so goddamn good right now. <laughs> I'm just saying, so, maybe more dogs would get adopted. I'm just putting it out there. So the votes go out and my puppy thing doesn't get picked. And neither does the drug one, by the way. So basically we're doing, everyone's doing an assignment about a different form of like depression or mental illness. And the group that I'm in, what we're doing is one on OCD. Oh, wow. Look at that. Yeah, because you were saying before that you're kind of OCD. Specifically, yes. And this is what the subject of our PSA is. This is the message that we're trying to get out to the people about OCD. Is that when you say things like you just said about how you're OCD, that's insensitive, Garth. And you should watch your language. What, because I'm not medically diagnosed as having OCD? Because so... you're not medically diagnosed as having OCD. You probably don't. You're probably using it as hyper purpley in the thing. It's like, well, you're kind of a perfectionist with it. You're not actually obsessive compulsive. This is the important message, Garth, that we are covering in our public service announcement. Well, I'm going to retort by saying, how dare you <laughs> assume my mental health? Do you know the struggle I face on a daily basis just for you to deny me my personal truth? Every day I get up and sometimes I might like do something like, you know, like tap something twice or four times. Not all the time. It's not a big deal if I don't. But sometimes <laughs> I'll think of it and like I'll be like, you know, oh, I'm going to butter the bread. I won't use both sides. I'll just use the one side of the knife. I won't go back and forth. I can only go this way. Sometimes I do, you know, but other times I'll be like, no, I'm just going to do it this way. And like sometimes like I'll be at work and like I'll double click something and then I'll double click it again, you know, on the computer. Yeah. Yeah, but if you haven't got a medical diagnosis, apparently you shouldn't be saying that. Well, then all these kids who are want to talk about depression, let's talk about them. <laughs> Where's their doctor's note? This is the thing that I love about this idea is you're not the first person who I've told. <laughs> I've told a few people so far and they're all about our age and they have the exact same reaction as you is to get slightly mad about <laughs> that this is a thing at all. <laughs> like how small, if you had to do a list of every issue that was wrong in the 
this world, how far down do you think this would be? I could not even fathom how many things come before that because I could think of a million things easily. But also, it's wrong because there's the medically, you know, diagnosed you have OCD. But then there's the scale. Like, Mm. some people are a little bit, some people are a lot. Sometimes you do have moments where you are very obsessively compulsive, (laughs) where you do have compulsions. That it's not a disorder. Yeah, well, sometimes it borderlines (laughs) on disorder. And who's to say where the line is? Some guy who's a psychiatrist? A psychiatrist. You mean those people who weren't good enough to be doctors or dentists or vets or freaking chiropractors? Those guys? That's who we're leaving up to the fucking idea? I can see your blood boiling. This was written by a 17-year-old dude. Settle down. Like, they're idiots. I love your, like your diffusion just saying, dude, they don't know what they're talking about. I know, like, right? These, this is going to be shown in a classroom and go nowhere. I know, but still. I know, right? But just the fact that they're all like, you know, depression, depression, because they're all going like, oh, I have depression, which they might. I sit there and go, well, how are you so depressed? You're 17. You haven't done anything. Well, depression has nothing to do with actually doing or not doing or actually being sad. That's the biggest thing with depression. People go, I'm depressed. No, no, no. You're actually accurate being sad right now. Your life does suck. You should be upset. It's when you're depressed when you should be happy. That's depression. When you're like, oh, I don't feel good for no reason. That's depression. It's when there's a chemical imbalance in your head, which stops you from being able to feel good regardless of the circumstances. If you're dealing with, you know, I just crashed my car. I just failed an exam. My girlfriend just broke up with me. If you weren't upset right then, that's a problem. And if you look at today's society, like generally speaking, people should be upset. If you go minute by minute in a day, most people's days suck. I wouldn't say it sucks. It's just boring. Yeah, that sucks. (laughs) You gotta go to a job you hate. You gotta do things you don't like doing. Most of the stuff you do in a day is kind of crap. You gotta deal with traffic, ads on TV, chopping up food to make dinner or going and getting it. You gotta like balance books, pay rent. Like there's all kinds of crap you gotta do. It sucks. Yeah, but most of these kids live at home and don't have jobs. So how are they depressed? Oh, that's a really good point. Yeah, they've got no reason to be upset, yet they are. So they are depressed. Okay, I take it all back. Those kids, they need the Valiums or whatever they give the kids. What, what do you get if you're depressed? I just assume that they're all depressed because all the teen vampires they watch on TV are depressed and it looks cool. That, that's basically my summary of the situation. Ben, your age is showing. I don't think teens have had vampires on TV for about a decade. That's your best reference to these kids. No wonder they're like, listen to old man puppy dog over here. Ooh, drugs and puppies. Him and old yeller. They make me feel old because it's just like going into a situation like this. I'm smacked with 2020. Like, it's really just like these are the views these days. And everyone has a lot more feelings than they used to have. I don't remember this many feelings existing. I think it's a good thing, personally. Because some of it is, some of it isn't. I agree with some of it. Some of it, I think, is a little over the top. Like, we got that run over of repression. When people came back from World War II, they had post-traumatic stress disorder that was undiagnosed. And that's just what all men were like. They were all traumatized because they'd just been around bombs and been shot at and killed people and watched people die. So all the baby boomers were raised by men who went through trauma. So they thought being a man meant you're not allowed to show emotion. You should always be distant, maybe violent. (laughs) These are all PTSD symptoms, side 
effects from being through trauma. So boomers were brought up by men who had trauma. So they're like, oh, that's here to be a man. And they reenacted this trauma on us. And so we grew up going like, okay, so like we're not allowed to have emotions. We're not allowed to show feelings. That's what they did. And now we're getting past that point in society where the kids are like, no, actually feelings are a good thing and you should talk about them. And we're like you just then like going, no, being a man <laughs> means that you have something mentally wrong with you. <laughs> You're not allowed to be human. That's weird. <laughs> I don't know. I feel I'm stuck somewhere around 2005. Yeah, that's when I checked out. Yeah. <laughs> that's 15 years ago now. So maybe up to 2010. I don't know. When did everything go weird in PC? Because it's the whole, you can't make jokes about something. Because I would agree, like the PSA would not have bugged me so much if it was just like, look, you have to be patient with people with OCD. Don't tell them off if they need to flick the light on and off several times. I could get behind that. Which makes sense, yeah. Yes, it I makes agree. sense but when it's just like what's your hyperbole because it's not even a joke don't claim to have something if it's not diagnosed and is that what they're saying like don't say it if you don't have it or don't say it unless you actually have a piece of paper that says you have it well unless you actually have it but how the hell do you verify that and that's my point is that there's so many mm. undiagnosed people people could have it and not even know it uh, but that's their thing don't claim you have OCD if you don't have OCD which I kind of do but is this one of those like light on light off situations where you either have it or you don't you don't get to say sort of. I think they are turning it into a black and white thing. Okay. I also think that the person who came up with the concept is dating someone who has OCD. Ah. Okay, so this whole, we have to be sympathetic to OCD people, it's essentially just a ploy to get laid. (laughs) Probably, yeah. Because, I mean, I'll be honest, who hasn't done this? I remember a Saved by the Bell episode (laughs) since we're talking about the early 90s where the old Zack attack went out with a girl in a wheelchair and and, you know, she's a hot chick, but in a wheelchair. Who cares? You would. I would. Who wouldn't go out with a hot chick in a wheelchair? And then he takes it to the movies. And then, like, because um, she's in the seat, like, you know, she's in the aisle. And then he starts going off at everyone, like, well, there's no places for the for the wheelchairs. Like, yeah, what about if there's a fire? What's she going to do? How is she going to get out of the fire <laughs> exit? And he's suddenly really caring about wheelchair access. And she's like, can you, like, stop it? Like, stop making a spectacle out of me? And he's just trying to get laid, get some wheelchair action. I can care about anything if sex is involved general Uh, rule suddenly it's a lot more appealing yeah. <laughs> well, when it becomes important to you personally. So that's how I'd say that. That makes a lot of sense. But also in a more sincere case of like, I know people who like, you know, if your sibling or someone mm. has it, then suddenly, you know, you hear people make jokes about it. I also feel bad. I don't want it to come across like I'm crapping all over this idea. It's more to sort of demonstrate of just like this generational gap that I've hit of like, what's important mm. to people today and what was important to us, yeah. essentially. What you're really saying is like, yeah, you're pointing out your limitations like well we've been in our bubble yeah shit's been happening <laughs> this is what we're up to now and we can't even fathom how to get there <laughs> this is really about you not about anyone else in the end i actually think that the film's gonna look good because we're directing the hell out of it and it's gonna look awesome well that's all that matters yeah so appearances <laughs> i got actors and everything in this thing so oh, it's it's good it's gonna be great excellent i look forward to seeing it so get down to your local classroom or wherever <laughs> this is uh being debuted yeah, this is like no one's gonna get a chance to see this thing at all like I, I don't know why I'm like plugging it or anything <laughs> oh guys they go hog well guys it's gonna be huge we're gonna have 
special effects, stuntmen. Some guy's going to be on fire. There's going to be explosions. I'll have a dragon animated into it. Oh, it's going to be great. Car goes over the Grand Canyon. <laughs> okay, so this episode's been going for how long now? We've talked about real Easter eggs and gone <laughs> down this whole thing about what kids think of today's culture. Uh, are we going down a rabbit hole? Segway, awesome. All right, speaking of rabbits, hey, look at the first picture on the Wikipedia page. <laughs> I love it. Is Have we just started the episode now? Does any of that count beforehand? Do I just go like, hello, welcome to Wikipedia? You could have another try at your sound effect. <laughs> no, don't, don't make me do it again. I still haven't thought of anything. And more to the point, how long have we gone? I'm not redoing that. That's fine. It's fine the way it is. I got places to be and things to do, as far as the listeners know. Although we almost would have got sidetracked for the whole episode and then just gone like, oh shit, we've got to rate this page. What were we doing again? I am curious. Uh, one more thing about these kids. So <laughs> Yeah, go. Sorry. Just quickly. Okay, so we all know about the coronavirus. You listeners may have heard about this. What Are the kids, what are they, do they care? Do they not care? Are they freaking out? There's kind of like a freak out thing at the film school I'm going to, but that seems pretty standard around the city at the moment okay. no one's like closing anything down at the moment but there's talks about maybe yeah yeah which, yeah because i thought like i was interested to know like because i know i've talked to old people and they are losing their minds because this could kill them yeah oh yeah because that's all you keep hearing old people will die so i had this theory they're like maybe young kids are like whatever <laughs> that's not me i don't care pretty much the same as everyone else they're not panicking more or less they don't seem to be panicking more or less than anyone else i mean it has been like a weird couple of weeks where that that's been encroaching in and getting like more crazy yeah more in your face and people are just like we're thinking of closing this this is being shut down no audiences mm. for this and you're like wow this is real and it all started with people buying toilet paper which i wanted to bring this up because as soon as i heard that <laughs> i did think of you when this came up yeah <laughs> in an earlier episode i think it was dystopia possibly will smith one of those an earlier episode look it up listen to them again we talked about what we do in a dystopian future if the world <laughs> was coming to an end society was ending what would you do and I said the first thing I do is grab all the toilet paper this is what happens when you give away your apocalypse secrets on a podcast well I know that now <laughs> I honestly feel responsible <laughs> like did I do this I don't know maybe is our listeners that high I guess like word of mouth could spread of like the goth plan well, maybe every single <clears throat> one of our listeners like every number you see is a doomsday prepper type person that makes sense and they were just spread out enough that like they like, just attacked all toilet paper because you gotta hand it to them they did my plan they got all the toilet paper that is one thing that concerns me though with this coronavirus is the lack of toilet paper that's out there because I'm kind of running low down to the last couple of rolls yep. and I just want to buy a normal amount of toilet paper yes. but everywhere I go like shelves are like empty, empty. And, and it's getting to that critical point where it's like I've down the three rolls like I need to find this quick and you feel really self-conscious buying toilet paper because I know guys have to go to like three different stores, four different stores because they're out. Four different stores and then they look like a crazy person when they get it and everyone looks at you like, oh, you're one of those hoarders. No, I just need to shit like a normal person. Because <laughs> I usually get those Costco ones. Oh, uh, you go to Costco where things yeah. are just bigger. Yeah, well, you're getting a mountain of toilet paper anyway so you look like a prepper and it's like, no, this is just my month's worth of toilet paper. This is how I do things. It's Costco. Yeah, you I can't get smaller. I can't buy less. This is their small packet of toilet paper. 
paper. <laughs> then you point to the guy next to you with like a truck. Like, no, that's the prepper. He got the big pack. Yeah, he uh, walks uh, in with a pallet jack yeah. and just like <laughs> takes a whole pallet of toilet paper. Yeah, uh. so that's going crazy. But yeah, so um, I'm sorry, everyone. Do you know what we should have done is invested in toilet paper. Is that a thing you can do? Can you just invest in a product? <laughs> <laughs> ben, I love your business sense. <laughs> I know. It's just like, can you just go like, I feel apples are going to get sold a lot this year. I'm going to invest in, in apples. Because I remember like on Trading Places, you know, that Eddie Murphy movie, they talked about futures. I'm going to invest in pork bellies. No, no, no. Frozen orange juice concentrate. And you're like, that's a thing? You yeah. Can do just, that. They're just products. I just want to invest in a product. You can invest in Kleenex. I think that's a public company. If a company is public, you can invest in it. I mean, they would be doing good right now. Kleenex would be doing awesome. Yeah, but it's a bit late now. You should have bought before. I know, I should have bought before. But next time, like, they talk about, like, oh, we all might die. It's like, I might buy some stock in Kleenex. Yeah, apparently that's what's going to happen. I oh, see now I've mentioned it on the podcast. So everyone's going to invest before you. Though if everyone buys it at the same time, that will drive the price up anyway. So I just got to get in early. Yeah, you just got to be a beat ahead. Oh, we're doing it again. <laughs> all right, so that's my official apology. Sorry, guys, if you're having trouble wiping your butts. It's clearly my fault. And let this be a lesson. Keep your plans to yourself. Post-apocalyptic stuff especially. Damn it, I was going to give out the location of my secret bunker. As if they're going to know that underneath the Stefan Needle in West End is a secret bunker. No one's going to figure that out, Ben. So don't tell them that that's where your bunker is. Even if they found it, they wouldn't be able to get in because there's a key and I keep that in a little fake rock out the front. Exactly. And no one's going to figure out the code is 394 once you get past that door. I mean, just because it rhymes doesn't mean that they're going to remember it even if they heard it which they didn't okay so there's no way people get in see I'm glad you said that because I keep forgetting the code so now I can just listen to this podcast when I want to get in yeah me too for when I need to find the key because I'll be like oh right that's why there's that fake looking rock next to the Stefan needle (laughs) so easter eggs what the fuck is this page All right, so yeah, we haven't even got to what we're talking about at all. No, and we've already talked about how we haven't got to what we're talking about at all. We're doing the whole yeah. Inception we're just going thing. round in circles now. Yeah, okay. usually we get like at least the topic out. This will be the first one that will be a necessary two-parter because we just forgot to talk about <laughs> the page in the last episode. Yeah, we're talking about Easter egg in brackets media. We only got two words in. Okay, so Easter eggs. They're a thing in video games and movies and other media that are hidden little fun things. Did I explain that well enough? It says that the term was coined by Stephen Wright. No, Steve Wright. Steve Wright. The then director of software development in Atari. I I thought it was the one-liner comedian. I thought so too, and I got really excited, and that's why I checked. It's it's not Stephen Wright, because that would have been funny. So, um, I found a a thing in a video game. I won the Easter egg hunt. (laughs) Boom, that's how we do the joke. It is. That does sound like a Stephen Wright joke. I think I just wrote one. See how easy it is? (laughs) Oh, deadpan. Gotta do it. I still want to give the credit to Stephen Wright, even though he didn't do it. Yeah, let's do that. The term was coined in 1979, and Stephen Wright was like an 80s comedian. So there you go. So it could have. You don't know. And at the time, he was working as a software developer in the Atari Consumer Division. That's a long title. (laughs) Is that your title? Because it's long. (laughs) (laughs) The reason I wanted to do this page, not just because we have Easter coming up, but I recently saw the movie Ready Player One. Oh, did you? Yes. Have you seen that movie? Yeah. Yeah, we're about to get sidetracked again. Big spoilers for Ready Player One. I don't want to spoil it, but okay. Um, you don't want to spoil it? Do you really want to spoil it? Is it really like spoil? Like, Can you spoil it? It's a stupid movie. It is a stupid movie. <laughs> Did you like it? It was fun. I mean, yes, Easter eggs galore in it. I thought it was very interesting that it's in 20 years in the future and every single thing you see is from a game from 10 years ago. <laughs> 
That's like the Jetsons problem. That always bugged me as a kid in the show. It's like, why were they all listening to old timey music if it was meant to be way in the future? They could be listening to now stuff. <laughs> ah, that's cute. Although technically the Jetsons would be playing like, I don't know, corn or something. <laughs> it's <coughs> all in the family. Do, do, do. I hate you. Like, wow. Jetsons got hardcore. Yeah, Jetsons was way off on its predictions. But it was more optimistic. Like the future in Ready Player One, very dystopian. All futures seem to be dystopian these days. Well, it's more realistic. Yeah, since Star Trek, I was like, that's not going to happen. Everything's going to turn to crap. It already kind of has. But yeah, so the movie is all about Easter eggs. And they mention in it the first ever Easter egg, which is on this page in a game called Adventure. Where he had to find some... I can't even remember what he had to find, like some weird... Well, I, I can re- I remember because I just you saw remember the movie. You just saw the movie. Cool. We'll use yeah. you as a reference. Yeah, okay. In the game Adventure, <laughs> I've never played it, but you go through a maze and you get to the end. But what you can do is go to a different path that leads to this little room. And in that room is the name of the actual designer of the game because he used a pseudonym when he uh, released the game. So you go in there and there's just, oh, that's his name. That's his real name. And you can find it in the game. And that is the very first Easter egg. And I heard that. I went, wow, I bet there's a lot more. This sounds like something Ben would know about. I better bring it up on the podcast and that way I can learn stuff without having to like read. So you're just hoping that I know a bunch of Easter eggs off the top of my head here. I'm not hoping. I just assumed you would. It's not even a hope. Like you do, right? I mean, I bring up Mario and you're like, let me tell you another thing about Mario and Luigi. Okay. Well, I do know in the video games for Futurama, they actually have literal Easter eggs hidden out of bounds. We're behind walls and stuff. If you can get to the right angle, it glitches past the wall and behind it, you can see an actual Easter egg just hovering there. That is so cool. So they know there's a glitch and they just went, oh, instead of fixing it, we'll put an Easter egg in there. Yeah, because it's really hard to find. Okay, that's pretty cool. So they just put it in as an Easter egg and then they challenge people to try and find them. And they're literal Easter eggs. Mm. I have actually done some research though. (laughs) What? Yeah, I know. What's research? That's like when you like type into Google five minutes before you come over here. (laughs) And I wanted to tell you, it's not just computer games. That's what Ready Player One was about. But there's also ones in movies. Yes. Okay. This blew my mind. And I'm just hoping you don't know it because I want to blow your mind. I heard it and I'm like, I have to tell Ben. But I remember other things I've told you. You're like, yeah, everyone knows that. You don't know that? Fight Club. Okay. I know it well, actually. So I don't don't know if I know the Easter egg, but I know the movie well. There's a Starbucks cup in every shot. In every shot? In every shot. According to the director, I looked into this because I'm like, there's no way. And someone said essentially every shot. Like, I think every scene. Okay. There is a Starbucks coffee cup in every scene in Fight Club. I did not know that. But doesn't it, like, you think about it, you're like, oh, there was one there and there was one there. I do remember Starbucks coffee cups being in there. Blows your mind. Is your mind blown? Tell me your mind's blown, Ben. Yeah, that's amazing. Like, I kind of want to watch Fight Club again to see if I can play spot the Starbucks cup. All right, I've given us all homework now because <laughs> I did the same thing. I'm like, well, I have to watch it. Go find out about that. This is awesome. This is the research you've done. Keep going. I love this. I love this. <laughs> Okay, there is one. This is specifically just for you, Ben. Yes. I heard this. I'm like, I have to tell Ben because I know you have been playing the game Hitman Uh, and this one, Blood Money. Are you up to Blood Money yet? I have played a bit of Blood Money. There is a mission. Okay, for those of you who don't know Hitman, you're a Hitman. You go around and you shoot people. They made a movie about it even. Movie wasn't good, but the games are awesome. The games are great and awesome. You have to sneak in and shoot a guy, (laughs) maybe get out without being caught or whatever. Okay, so there's one way you have to kill a groomsman at a redneck wedding. I don't know. 
if I'm up to that. So the mission is you got to sneak in and shoot the groom at this redneck wedding. But near the wedding, before you get in there, there is a fountain. And if you shoot a coin in that fountain, a bunch of men in boxer shorts run out, surround you and start applauding. Huh. I'm going to try and find that when I'm in there. Because why would you do that? Why would you shoot a coin in a fountain, especially when you're trying to hide? I have actually played another Hitman game, Absolution, which was the first one I played that got me into it. And I did come across some of the Easter eggs that are in that that are pretty cool. There's a bit on the very first level where if you shoot two shells in a room that's near a piano and look out the window, the Loch Ness monster will start coming out Whoa, of the water. That's crazy. And you just figured that out randomly? No, I looked on the internet. Because uh, I looked that. up for like Easter eggs and stuff and they showed me oh, a that's couple. Cool. There's one level in there where if you're familiar with the game, you've just got to kill this character, Lenny. It's this weird level where like you've already kidnapped him in the level beforehand. You take him out into the desert and tell him to walk and you have a choice. Do you want to just drive off and leave him there or do you want to kill him? And it's a small level. You can pass it in like three seconds or something like that. But there are little things in there that are hidden. Like there's vultures in the level where if you shoot all the vultures, an ice cream truck will come and run him over just out of nowhere. It will come speeding through the desert and just plow him over and kill him. Oh, that's so cool. Don't you just want to? And another one where if you find two bones and throw them in a grave that's dug there, then everything goes like really fast and you run around in super fast speed. Oh, that's so cool. And that's one where they put a few Easter eggs in there because the level's so simplistic. It has to have something else. Yeah. It's the perfect place because if it's a more complicated level, you'd never find it too. And it is a thing where if you are playing a really simple part of a game, you go, there must be something more here. That's where they plant things. At that level, I did discover a few of them on my own, like the one where you shoot all the vultures because, you know, you give me a gun in a game and put birds out there, I'm going to shoot them at some point. Naturally, <laughs> you want to shoot them. Yes. That's just going to happen. I think that's instinctual. And also that is, if you play games long enough, you go, I have a gun and there's vault. Like, you're meant to. Clearly, something is meant to happen. If it moves, I'm meant to shoot it. Exactly. Why else do they put them there? Going back to the <laughs> one I told you, with the guys come out and they applaud, it's a nod to a previous Easter egg in a game called Simcopter. Why would you have played this? No one knows this game. But it had a controversy about this Easter egg. A lot of Easter eggs, some of them are fun like that and they're put in there so the people have a thing that they find that's fun. Sometimes it's put in by a game developer to sort of give a middle finger to management. <laughs> they're the most fun ones of all. Stuff that they sneak in, no one knows it's there because the game developer just snuck it in there. So he made it that on random days, like Friday the 13th, for example, in this simcopter, all these men in budgie smuggler swimsuits would come out and start hugging and kiss each other. <laughs> and it was something to do with how he was, I believe he, he might have been gay or something like that, but it was put in there because of how he was treated by management. It was like uh, around the time of AIDS being a full blown and a big deal and he was treated poorly. So he snuck it into the game. It got found after it got released. They tried to get all the games back and they had to fix the game. He got fired. Oh, of course. But it was a big whole thing that came out by that. And that's why in Hitman, a bunch of guys come out in their boxer shorts and applaud you. <laughs> why wouldn't they hug and kiss each other? That would be like a full nod to the game. That would be a very big nod. <laughs> but I just think, isn't that cute? Like, not only is it like an Easter egg where you go, oh, that's fun. But like, there's a backstory. There's history to this. It's an Easter egg nod to another Easter egg. It's like Inception for Easter eggs. <laughs> I love when there's like more than one level to something. Your reference is always Inception. You're like, it's Incepting now. It's all Inception. That's what multiple means, doesn't it? When there's layers. Okay, no, you're right. More than one level. It's like an elevator. Inception's better. Inception is better. It sounds cooler. It does. It does. It automatically makes it cool. It's like an elevator on steroids.
points. <laughs> Is that a better analogy? No? I'll make a deal with you, Ben. I'll keep using Inception till you come up with a better analogy. Deal. Okay. So this next one, it's kind of like Inception. <laughs> No, we mentioned this earlier. We mentioned Will Smith, right? NBA. Uh, yeah, where to find my uh, talking about toilet paper. Okay, you're technically right. Go on. Technically, I am right. Well, Shut I up. didn't say anything about it. You talked about Will Smith. Yeah, but <laughs> I. Uh, it was the royal we. And whenever I say we, of course I'm talking about me. And it's like you mentioned his name. You didn't talk about him. It's, it's just such a passing segue. Why are you pulling apart my segue? Okay, just Do talk- you want to hear the <laughs> Easter egg or not, Ben? We're playing a fun game. No, I want to get off topic and nitpick. <laughs> okay, fine. Well, you know what? I... I'd have to listen to you first to know what you're talking about so I can only reference my own stuff. I'm trying to hold this whole goddamn thing up. Uh, Alright, what's your Easter egg with Will Smith? Okay, NBA Jam. We all remember that wonderful game? I love that game, Super Nintendo. Yeah, it wasn't it great? Yeah, it was amazing. One it, of the best games ever. I stand by, it's probably one of the best basketball games ever devised. You could push each other over, that was awesome. That's and how if, you got the ball. And you get all cool stuff. If you get three in a row, he's on fire! Yeah, then you can't miss from the three-point line. And it always uh, burns the net up. And then you can do cool dunks and stuff. And the heads are big. Like, there's lots of cool stuff in it. It made it fun, and it's not this weird like how do you even play the game because when you've got five dudes on each team it's a really hard computer game to play so they have the secret codes that you put in and it gives you 20 extra players like a whole extra bunch of players one of which for the Philadelphia team is the Fresh Prince does it mention him as Fresh Prince Fresh is the name that comes up and it's a picture of Will Smith oh that's awesome so you can play as the Fresh Prince for West Philadelphia born and raised is this on the Super Nintendo version Uh, it's on NBA Jam. So as a kid, I could have been playing as Will Smith. That's right. I don't know how much of an Easter egg this is because that's a put in a secret code and get it. By that definition, is Mortal Kombat's blood mode an Easter egg? You know, like doing all the secret moves in Mortal Kombat? Like finishing. Yeah, the finishing moves. I don't know. It's kind of this like weird borderline thing because even the ones we mentioned in Hitman, like you've got to do a thing. So is that an Easter egg or a cheat? Well, because the Easter egg is usually, and the definition we're getting from Wikipedia is the that it is a hidden message in a video game. Yes. So it's generally just like, so it's not when you can do something. It's just a little thing that you can find. And it's usually just put in there with no outcome to the game at all. It's the same as like the coffee cups in Fight Club. Because there are some other ones which are more references in the game, like hints. Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. Remember that movie? I do. What a great movie. 1992, the year of Jim Carrey. You should have seen it by now. I'm going to... Spoiler that... alerts. Was that 92? Yeah. I thought it was later than that. Like 94. 1992 is when Jim Carrey was in Dumb and Dumber, The Mask, and Ace Ventura. All three in that year. And I remember this because he went and married Jenny McCarthy, who was Playmate of the Year, 1992. I think you're off on your 92. I think you might be thinking of 94. No, I'm pretty sure I'm right. Please, <laughs> please don't prove me wrong. No, no. This is the, no, my this is favorite happening. segment of the show. <laughs> proving proving Garth. Garth wrong. So we can really just pick like... We'll pick Ace Ventura. We'll yep. see when that came out. Tell me about Ace Ventura. If I it pick- says 1994. You're totally right, aren't you? Yeah, 94. Uh... You were just off by two years. But then, what about the other ones? Were the other ones all 94? Well, they all came after. I think it would be between 90. Like the ma- no, 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 um, oh, the yeah, mask they- might have been 95, but it might 94 or 95. 94. 94. Yep. Okay, and then Dumb and Dumber, which 1994. 94. So 94 was his big year. Okay, so I was right about. 
about all three being in the same year, but I got 92 wrong. That's it. Maybe Jenny McCarthy was 94 as well. I don't think she was. I think if you go back to our episode on Jenny McCarthy, we do mention that. Okay, cool. 94. That was probably why they were both so happy because they could talk about 94. Okay, yeah. All right, well, this makes me happy because the thing I thought was right, I just had the year wrong. I'm okay with that. And you're okay with that because you got to prove me wrong. There you go. Everyone's a winner. What was I talking about? Ace Ventura. Okay, so we all know by the end of the movie um, that the chief of police was actually a dude dressed as a woman. When you come into her office, the first scene in her office, on her table is two apples and a banana in the position indicating masculine genitalia. Huh. That is technically an Easter egg, but it's also a hint towards like what's coming up foreshadowing. That's the good word for it, hmm. which a lot of movies do have that in it. It's technically not an Easter egg. Because I know Breaking Bad had a few like that where there was Gus Frink who ends up getting like blown up and half his face is taken off in that like iconic scene. They have a bunch of things where you show a teddy bear that's earlier in the season that's burnt in exactly the same way. Yep. There are a couple of scenes where he's talking to Walt where they've actually put a shadow over that half of his face. And there are lots of hints like, that wait, that's wait, how he's going to die. They put a shadow, so they literally foreshadowed. Yeah, they use shadows to foreshadow. <laughs> Genius. <clears throat> but yeah, so that's like a little known. That's a cinematic thing. Technically not an Easter egg because it's relevant to the plot. Like in the movie Departed, every time someone's about to die, there's an X. I have heard that one, actually. Yeah? That's a really cool one. Isn't it? That's one of those ones you hear later and you go, oh, I've got to check it out. Yeah, I want to watch that again and see if I can find the X before everyone. Because yeah. I know when everyone dies in that. Yeah, <laughs> sorted. But technically <laughs> not Easter eggs. So I don't think we're allowed to talk about it. Ooh, can I just talk about one that I just read on the page? Because uh, I was yes. just like, this is awesome. Then we can get back to your list, definitely. Oh, yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, no, no. Let's do the page for once. <laughs> In a reprint of the classic Captain America comics, production artist drew a penis on Bucky Barnes. What? Wait, who's Bucky Barnes? Bucky Barnes is Captain America's buddy. And at one stage in the comic, he was Captain America. So I'm assuming at this stage in it, that Bucky Barnes is Captain America. Okay, cool. Bucky Barnes is actually in the Marvel movies that are coming out at the moment as the Winter Soldier. Oh, okay. Another thing that he was in the comics. It's all complex when you talk about comics. So he is a character and he's essentially like a Captain America. I would assume at this, he's Captain America. So Bucky Barnes is Captain America is probably the simplest way I could have answered that. So he put Captain America's dick in a comic book. Yes, you got to see Captain America's dick. That's America's penis. The most patriotic dick there ever was. <laughs> wow, that seems weird that they did that. Like, he hasn't got an erection, he's just saluting the flag. <laughs> Salute that p- flagpole. <laughs> that's crazy. Now, that's not what you'd expect. Like, because parents are like, oh, he can read a superhero comic book. That's fine. Why is there a dick in it? Is this anime? What are you looking at? You know when you're a kid and you're watching a movie and everything's fine and then that one 10 second sex scene comes on and that's when your mum decides to walk in the room? <laughs> <laughs> this would be the comic book that they've never taken an interest. They just let him have his comic books. And then one day, you know what, son? I'm going to take an interest in your things. Let me have a look and guess what page you're going to flick to. You're going to flick to the dick. And you're like, son, oh, dear, I think we need to talk to our son. I just took an interest in his hobby. And um, now, son, it's okay to be different. <laughs> We just want you to know that we still love you. How okay with your penis comics? You, <laughs> you dick pics. 
See, I always remember watching a movie when I was a kid with my grandmother and it was Goldeneye. And there's a scene early in the movie where the girl that's a villain is having sex with a guy yes. to get his like key or something. And it is a very aggressive and moany sex scene. And my grandma is sitting there and we're both watching this movie together. <laughs> now and that scene probably wasn't as long as you thought it was uh, because that would have been eternity. And I, I didn't even watch the scene. I was just staring down at the floor. <laughs> just, I couldn't look at my grandmother. I couldn't look at the TV. I was just looking at the floor. And oh yeah, it felt like an hour and a half that scene went on for. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Probably one of the most awkward feelings of my entire life. And I can imagine she felt just as awkward. Now I have a vague memory of that scene because the girl kills him with like her legs, but not around his neck or anything. From no, memory. around his waist or his stomach or something. See, that's the thing. That's not a thing. You can't do that. That's what confused me. Like, I remember it for that purpose, watching it going, how's he dead? What did she do? Did she stab him? She didn't stab him. She just like scissored his body. I've done martial arts. You can't kill someone doing that. You can obstruct the breathing a little bit. You can make it uncomfortable. No one has ever killed anyone from like scissoring with their legs around the body. It's not a thing. What the hell is that? I see, I wasn't thinking that. I was just thinking, can this be over? My grandmother's sitting right there. <laughs> did she start asking that question? Like, Ben, my grandson, you know women can't really kill you like that. Don't be scared if they start scissoring you hard. Like, it's just fine. You can be a bit rough. No, my grandmother was more like the uptight Christian woman type where <laughs> even swearing she didn't really like. So this scene I know made her feel ridiculously uncomfortable. <laughs> She's there doing the sign of the cross. <clears throat> and my sympathy to her, like, imagine sitting down watching a movie with an eight-year-old kid and then all of a sudden this sex scene comes on. You're like, I don't want to watch this thing with a kid sitting right there. That's awful. Like, generally, she wouldn't want to watch it anyways. And then there's the kid. Like, do I have to do something? Yeah. Am I supposed to explain it to the kid? Do I cover their eyes? Yeah. Are they old enough to watch this? I don't know. But she did the thing that I think we both have the same uh, upbringing, the same parenting skills were brought out of. Just pretend it's not happening. <laughs> that well, was pretty much a strategy, yeah. Which, that's a good strategy. Because I've seen and heard, you know, people who go like, the parents want to explain it. You see, it's okay if you're... Oh, no. No, we shouldn't be doing this at all. Can we all just pretend this doesn't exist? Oh, I do know an actually another good Easter egg. Oh, yes. Off the top of my head. When they released Tomb Raider, the first game, one of the biggest requests for like cheats that they should put in, which I know you're thinking of it right now. We, know, uh, we all know what we're talking about. It's like, we want to see Lara Croft naked. This game would be so much better if I could complete all these missions as a naked woman. Remember what she looked like. This was a PlayStation 1 game. <laughs> Pixely as crap, but that's what people wanted. Yeah, square head with a poorly drawn face on it. But hey, we were 10. So when Tomb Raider 2 came out, after hearing all these requests, they decided to include what they called the new cheat. And this is actually a cheat that exists in the Tomb Raider 2 game and you could do it. And if you do this cheat, Lara Croft explodes. Because shame on you. It was basically a trolling thing of going, no, we're not going to show you her naked. And if you try, we'll blow you up. Because, you know, are you going to go tell people that? Like, oh, I found the nude sheet, but it turns out it only blows her up. So wait, you were trying to see Lara Croft naked. No, I was just, yeah, that's exactly what I was trying to do. Here's one that I actually want to look into this. Remember the movie Apocalypto? No, okay, it's Apocalypto. Uh, it's the Incan Mayan people. Yes, actually. Yeah, Mel Gibson directed it. I don't think I watched it. It was after he did that Passion of the Christ. 
price thing, wasn't it? Yeah, it's actually pretty good. Hey, what were you going to say about it? Apparently, I don't know how long a split second scene they put in where Wally, remember Where's Wally? Ha! Is in no a scene. No way. If we could look this up to check out that one, because I want to know, like, is it just like, you know, Tyler durden like in Fight Club, or it's just a split second where you have to go frame by frame? Or is it something so obscure that like, it's there? There it is. Apocalypto. And type in Waldo, because they're American. There, it, it's a thing. Did you see that? So where- He's in the bodies. This is Mel Gibson. He does some serious stuff. And this guy's running for his life in the scene. Well, that's where you want to put it in because it's going to catch people off guard. No one's going to see it. All right, somewhere in here. I can't see him. Is that him? Is that him there? I don't know. All right, so I think we need to go actually look up Waldo's. Yeah. See we, if we can find it. We could not find it in there. That was too hard. So it is really hard to find him. Come on, we need one that dumbs it down for it us. It must be there. Because you reckon that's him there. There's a little bit of it. It looks like blue pants. Nah. Could they just tell us? That'd be so much nicer. Oh, oh wow. Oh, it's slowing down the footage. It, is that it? In the there, did you see? I saw it. Yeah, it's for... No, it's just like a split second thing. It's just for a frame as well. So really? That's just in there for a frame? That's kind of disappointing. That's extremely disappointing. But like he wasn't actually hidden in there. They just put a frame in there just to be like, hey, it's a very Mel Gibson joke. You get it? I put a frame in there. Ah, all right. I just thought there was like a problem with like the production value. That's a little disappointing. But still, he did it. I have one that I could ask is, do you reckon this counts as an Easter egg? You're familiar with the group Run DMC. Hell yeah. I'm the king of rock. There is none higher. Other Su- MCs should call me sire. Or sucker MCs should call me sire. Yeah. To burn my village, you must use fire. I won't stop rocking till I retire. Yeah, those guys. Those guys. Well, I'm a big fan of the white Jewish version of that, which is the Beastie Boys. There's- oh, in the NBA Jam, you you can play the Beastie Boys as well with those coats. Oh, that's awesome. There you go. So you can play Fresh Prince versus Beastie Boys. Continue. And the Beastie Boys have a song, which I think it's called Get Live, in which they have the lyrics... I'm the king of Boggle. There is none higher. I get 11 points off the word quagmire. (laughs) That's so cute. Which is an obvious shout out to Run DMC. But also like, yeah, we're nerdy Jew kids. Yeah. You guys are like, cool. We're (laughs) the Beastie Boys. And they do have a couple of songs where they have shout outs to Run DMC, where they actually like twist lyrics that they used. Oh, that's so cool. Which that's just homage, I guess. Yeah. Because an homage is kind of an Easter egg. It is a bit. Because it's got that hidden message in there. Because some people would listen to it and be like, that doesn't mean anything. But other people would be like, I know Run DMC. I know that. It's one of those, and it is like uh, we mentioned earlier with the, the Easter egg within an Easter egg, the Inception egg. It's an inside joke. Like, if you know hip hop, you'd know that. If you don't know hip hop, you wouldn't know that. Same as game designers. Like, the amount of Easter eggs you hear, oh, this is in the game. You sort of go, why is that there? Why would anyone care? Like, I've seen ones where you can put the face of one of the developers as like a skin for your guy. And it was made in China. It's a bunch of Chinese dudes. I don't know him. You don't know him. No one knows him. Why would I want to look like him? Because in amongst them, they're like, oh, it's so cool. Well, that's what Easter eggs were mostly used for in games for a long time is it would just be like a picture of the development staff or something like that. It wouldn't be anything too cool. A bunch of douchebags you've never heard of. In fact, Doom 2, the final boss, if you finish the level by shooting him in the head is the last thing you do, you get transported to a room where the co-creator, a picture of his head on a spike and the only way out is to shoot him in the head while you hear the audio is him saying the only way to get out of here is to shoot me in the head backwards 
Huh. And that's like a, it's the, the creator. Oh, it's a, he says backwards, like, my name is, whatever his name is, you must shoot me in the head. But it's said backwards, so it's creepy. And it's a big picture of a guy you've never seen before in your life. And now you got to shoot him in the head. Yeah, you're like, oh, I'm supposed to care about this guy? Why? And you want me to shoot him? All right, I guess that's what we're doing. I mean, it is cool when you found those hidden things. Like, even though it was just a stupid picture of the development stuff or the guy who made its head on a spike, you're just kind of like, cool, I found it. There's the whole Grand Theft Auto series. All it is is Easter eggs. <laughs> Because it's an open plane, like now that you have sandbox games, you got to find all these things. To do 100% complete, you have to find all the Easter eggs, essentially. There is apparently in Grand Theft Auto V, which I have seen at home but have not played, because I'm trying to finish 4 and I'm on the <coughs> last level of Grand Theft Auto 4, Liberty City. I'm on the last level of it and I get to the last bit of it and then I die. Oh, and that sucks when that happens. I've been on this repeat and you can only do it three times from the reset point before you have to go all the way back before you run out of ammo and health. And I just gave up. So it's sitting there. But in number five, if you take a helicopter to a certain area, you go over a canyon and you can see the Thelma and Louise car jumping. Oh, that's cool. But that game's full of those. I do remember in Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, there were spottings of in the forest there at night, you could see Bigfoot walking around. Oh, cool. And there were endless searches of people to get screenshots of Bigfoot walking around. But it turns out like in real life, Bigfoot did not exist. It was just a rumor out that Bigfoot's in the jungle. It just got spread, yeah. That's so cool. I love everything about that. Because you imagine there were people who were spending hours going through the forest there, combing and looking for Bigfoot. At least they got to do it from the comfort of their own home. Like these Squatch searchers Uh who go out in the forest and come back and go, oh, we definitely heard a squanch. See this audio? No, that's nothing. That's just a woodpecker. Like, that's hilarious. Like, it's Sasquatch simulator going off into the forest. Like, because you have to actually go into a forest. It's not like, oh, you you've got to see him in the city. I wonder if that would be an interesting game where you boot it up and your job is to go through a forest and look for Bigfoot. There is like a one in 10 chance that Bigfoot will actually spawn in the game. <laughs> so you, there's more chance that you're looking around for absolutely nothing than you're actually looking for Bigfoot. I love it. That's so evil. Like the game cannot be completed. Here's another one from the movies. King right. Kong. Remember the King Kong with the Jack Black? Yeah, yeah. The Peter Jackson one. I believe, yeah. 2005? Yeah, not even the most recent King Kong movie that was made, weirdly enough. Yeah, Samuel L. Jackson's in it now. Yeah, I know, right? It was. Okay, so when they... Back in the day when Jack Black was in it. Yep, and the movie was for some reason like an hour and a half longer than it needed to be. Like all Peter Jackson movies at the time. That's right. When they get to the island, there's a Morse code message that comes in. And it's supposed to be about Jack Black's arrest. I'm not sure when in the movie this happens. But if you decode the Morse code message... (laughs) Like no sane person would. It says, show me the monkey! (laughs) Ha ha ha. And that's the perfect reaction to it. That's pretty funny, actually. <laughs> that's cute, isn't it? Because who would? Why would anyone go... You hear Morse code and you go, oh, I wonder what that is. See, I'm going to be honest. I would do that too. If I knew we were putting in some code that no one would be able to understand, I'm like, eh, just make it something stupid. I do remember one time when I was doing an acting class and I had to do a scene where my characters... I think I talked about it on the podcast. My sister had cancer. I did up a prop for it because I had to give her Chinese medicine that I'd bought from Chinatown. So I got a paper bag and printed up something in Chinese and put it on there because I thought the easiest way to do that is to just go onto Google and translate and just write something and get the Chinese characters for it. So I called it fake medicine for idiots. (laughs) Got that translated into Chinese and I still have that bag that says fake medicine Medicine for for idiots. idiots. That's so awesome. With a little warning down the bottom going, this medicine does not work. It is hokey and stupid. If you can read this, you understand Chinese. 
Chinese. Well done for you. Now this sentence will repeat itself and then it repeats itself. <laughs> That's cool. To look like a warning label. So you created an Easter egg. I created an Easter egg that was seen by an acting class once. We should figure out how we can use that prop so it can appear on screen at some point. Yeah. And someone who speaks Chinese yep. or Mandarin that I used will be able to be like, huh. Now that I think about it, we are regularly putting Easter eggs in things we do. Are we? Well, when we film, there's usually at least a nod to other stuff we've done. That's true. We have done stuff that have had a nod to stuff we've done. We have a video that we're going to release at some point that's just like riddled with Easter eggs. Yes. Everything on the set is an Easter egg. There's like 30 Easter eggs in the whole thing. So when our uh, YouTube schedule starts, you're going to notice a lot of Easter eggs. Just know that we're doing that. That's not that it's all in the same room and it just coincidentally happened. <laughs> in fact, I'd talk about uh, Heartbreak Inns. Yes. Which we were uh, on the production crew for. A wonderful uh, short film. You should check it out. I'm going to count it as an Easter egg. You got some, uh, in a plate of pills and medications, you got like a cat medication in there. Yeah, my cat's medication bottle from when he was sick. Yeah. Which, which we also talked about on the podcast. We did. You guys, yeah. Which Hush today was very uh, healthy. Your cat's made a great recovery. Oh, yeah. He's awesome. Like, ever since he got over it, he's great. Runs around. Doesn't chase things because he's scared of everything. But, you know. <laughs> he's back to his normal he's self. He's back to his normal saying. self. Which I know a lot of you are worried about him. He's yeah. all good now. But, yeah. So, the you put his medicine into what is an elderly man's medications. <laughs> so, that elderly man was taking cat medication. And you'd have to have frame by frame, possibly with a magnifying glass to see it. But it was in there. It was. That's an Easter egg. <laughs> there was a pill bottle for Hush Graw. Yeah, Hush got more screen time than you in that movie because we got none. This is the interesting thing of when actors aren't on screen and they're not required, sometimes they get people from the set to do something. There is a scene in that where it's a simple shot from outside and it shows the light being flicked on. That is me flicking on the light. <laughs> you don't see through the windows or anything. All you see, see is the lights go on on the floor. But I did it. But I do remember that because I had Zach, who was the director on that, our buddy Zach. He was on the phone to me and he was just like, okay, turn the lights off. I'll turn the lights on now. All right, all right, cool. Can you just turn them off again and turn them on now? And I think I did like three different takes of that. And it's just like, I don't really know how I can alter my performance right now. What's my motivation? I'm an elderly man. And you want light. <laughs> You're in the dark and you want to be able to see. All right, I got this. I can do this. Because even when it goes for another take, I'm just like, really? Like, what do I do different? What is possibly going wrong right now? <laughs> so there you go. That, that's my brief. I don't know if you'd count that as a cameo because I'm like way off screen. You were closer to being on screen, <laughs> being beside the camera at the time. Your actions had consequences on screen. But still, I think Hush gets, yeah, more credit than you. Yeah, he does. Speaking of uh, errors and stuff like that, when like, there's an accident put onto the screen, Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. There is a duel between Harry and Dracos. I've never seen these, so I don't know. But Harry and Dracos are having a duel with their magic. You can see a cameraman in the shot. Oh, really? Yeah, well, they're going back and forth. You can clearly see a dude next to the kids with a camera in the shot. And I'm like, that is, like, hilarious. Like, yeah, we worry about this stuff when we're doing film. Like, oh, the microphone's just in it. We're going to have to reshoot the whole thing. They released a Harry Potter. <laughs> with a cameraman in shot. And no one said shit. Doesn't even affect the, the franchise. <clears throat> Nobody cares. I found this through obscurity. Do you know the best story like that that I've heard is on uh, what was the Shazam movie that came out? Oh yeah, which I have seen. A little while ago. There is a scene where they accidentally caught members of the crew with equipment in the shot as they're going through a mall. So what they did was they went in post and they took out the camera equipment and replaced it with 
like shopping bags and different items. So the camera crew sitting there just looked like a bunch of shoppers sitting around. That's hilarious. So they just sort of like superimposed an image of shopping bags over the cameras. Essentially. (laughs) Does it look dodgy or does it look like good? It's so in the background that you wouldn't really notice it. But if you took the time to look at it, yeah, it kind of looks a bit dodgy. I do like that they went to the effort though. That's good. Like we're we're not reshooting it. Whereas I like to think the Harry Potter one, because I mean, how much do we pour over our 10 minute little videos that we make? I know, right? Whereas these guys, Harry Potter, a lot of eyes had watched that. They have editors, they have directors, producers, all the critique people that double check things. This cameraman got past all of them until it came out and someone went, hey, there's a camera dude right there. Imagine being like the continuity person. Someone goes, hey, there's a camera person like right next to you. You're like, shit! <laughs> Now, this is a photo that was a promotional thing for the show Downton Abbey, which is set, you know, what, in the 1920s, probably earlier than that, like 18 something. It's set in the way olden days. And this photo that you're looking at now was viewed by like hundreds of people. And like yourself, they didn't see the mistake. I do. I see it. You see the mistake. You found it. Yeah. What do you see in there? Tell everyone what you see. There's a plastic water bottle. Which did not exist in Downton Abbey days whatsoever. No, it didn't. Do you know how many people saw this photo before it went out for like (laughs) promotional tours? But that being said, as you're talking, I knew there must be something wrong with it. So I'm (laughs) analyzing. I'm like, well, they're not wearing a watch. So it's not that. What was that moment like, though, when you saw the water bottle and you're like, oh, they fucked up? Well, at first I'm like, is that a milk bottle? Is it glass? That's not glass. Oh, yeah. How did you forget that? How did you guys not see that? Was that one of the actors just had a drink and put it down there? Oh, I bet the grips were in trouble for this one. Like, there's like an assistant, too, who's probably getting fired right now. And that went viral. Like, if you search Downton Abbey water bottle, oh, my God, it just comes Mm. up everywhere. That reminds me of... uh, the scene in Walking Dead. I think you showed me the footage of there's a big huge crowd of zombies and they zoom in to show at the back there's a zombie taking a drink of water from a bottle. <laughs> yeah, that's the horrible thing with working with huge crowds of zombies. Impossible. You'd hate it though if that was you because you're like, damn it, this is going to be on my show reel. I was not that one. I was a different one. I was standing next to the guy drinking the water. <laughs> There's also part of me that thinks that that has to be one of their two water bottles. That's what I'm thinking. Like one of them put it down for the photo or maybe they had it behind them and they're like, could you guys move to the center? And I wonder if there was a moment where anyone at the end of the day picked up that water bottle and thought, hold on, how long has this been here? Oh dear. Because yeah, the people who clean up that sort of stuff aren't usually in continuity or editing or anything important. I know I've been on shoots where we've shot something and we finished the scene. We did it. It's done. And then someone goes... Wait a minute, was that clock in shot? Oh, yes. That is like the worst question in the entire world because that's you combing back through the footage to go like, oh my my God, God. is it in shot? If it's in shot more than once, you're screwed. If it's in shot once, it's fine. It's just that time. But if you have two takes, there's no way that ever lines up. That's my advice. If there is a clock in the room when you're filming, just put it away. Get rid of it. It's no good. It's only going to screw you. Someone's got to remember to reset it every time. Clocks do not exist in movies for a reason. Don't do it. I also look at whenever someone smokes in a movie, I've become obsessed with watching what length the cigarette is. 
Because no one ever does it good. Yeah, there are things where people will try and spot your mistakes. Drinks are another thing. Oh yeah, how low the drink is. You always watch the level of the drink to see if it's consistent. And making a movie, you'd have to know that that's true. One I saw on Game of Thrones, I've watched a couple episodes of Game of Thrones. I didn't keep going because it's horrible. But there's a scene and no one's ever told me about this. I found this myself. I pointed it out and I don't think anyone else even knows it exists. There's a white horse in the background. The tall blonde lady who's a knight is talking to some guy and her horse is there. And then it cuts to a second angle. And the back of the horse is like dirty, like it rolled in mud. And then it cuts back to the original angle. The horse is fine again. And it cut back a couple of times to and fro where the horse is dirty and it's clean. And it's a white horse so it really <laughs> stands out. It's like the horse had a little sit down in between takes and it sat in the mud and they're like, oh, it's muddy. We can't get it off. It's too good. Can you clean it? It's a white horse. It'll show up. There is a scene I heard about in Game of Thrones where one of the actors had left their water bottle. Another water bottle. Water incident. bottles are in everything. Yeah, because you get water on set. You've seen how prevalent water bottles are on set. They're it's sometimes going to sneak into shot. But somebody left their water bottle there. And then when it went on TV, everyone's like, haha, water bottle, water bottle. Yep. So for all subsequent releases, HBO went back and digitally edited out that water bottle. Oh, wow. They actually took it out. So I thought you were going to go the other way. Like I'd lean into it and go, well, we're going to put a water bottle in every episode. <laughs> we did it on purpose. It's not a Starbucks cup. <laughs> yeah, they're not cool like Fight Club. I think you brought up another Easter egg on a previous episode from the show Psych. Ah, uh, yes, yes. That's an intentional little, yeah, the pineapples. The pineapples in everyone. I think you brought that up on the James Randi episode. I did. Did you go back and... Uh, well, no, since then I haven't gone back and ah. rewatched Psych, but... I was really hoping that's what would happen so you can just no. confirm it for me. It's more one of those facts I believe you. There's like six seasons of this show. I'm really going to go back and rewatch it because <laughs> I liked it, but it wasn't that great. <laughs> it was watch it great, not rewatch it great. Yeah, it's not going to be a classic in your back catalogue of your video library. Fair enough. Because I've never actually seen the show. I should point that out. It's I just, a good show. Yeah, I'll check it out. <laughs> it's right. funny in parts and then it gets old. <laughs> like most shows. Uh, it had its run. Next one I wanted to bring up. Romeo and Michelle's High School Reunion. Oh, I love that movie. Oh, it's a great movie. Yeah. Lisa Kudrow. Quentin Tarantino. Does he appear in it? No, but there are nods to Quentin Tarantino. Oh, really? What nods? First off, when they take off in their car to drive off to the reunion, they're out the front of the big kahuna burger. Huh. And somewhere in it is an advertisement for red apple cigarettes, which if you've watched a Quentin Tarantino movie, that's the brand of cigarettes in all his movies. Yeah, that's his fictional brand of cigarettes that he made up. Yes. Red apples, yeah. yeah red apples and big kahuna burger because Mira Sarovina, the one of the chicks, I can't, I forget which one's Romeo, which one's Michelle, not Lisa Kudrow, was dating Quentin Tarantino at the time. So they did some nods to Quentin. Do you think he helped out on that movie at all then? You wouldn't think he would, but probably. Yeah, I mean, they probably talked about it at home at times. Yeah, it came up. You know what you should do? You should do like red apples, red apples. Oh my God, it'd be so great. People love me. They'll love you. <laughs> Reflective glory. <laughs> I would recommend that movie to people, Romeo and Michelle's High School Reunion. That was really good. It great was 90s good. movie. It was a great movie. For what it was, it was great, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. you knew what it was supposed to be, and it was really good at that. Although, they have a dream sequence, which is essentially what ends up happening, which is kind of weird. But I just saw this, and I want to check this out. Because at the bottom, I found a list. Technically, this whole page is a list. But list of filmmakers' signatures. I think that's like, they put a thing in it, which Pixar, they always include like... Well, the A113 is what they've got there. Because that's a studio that they work in or something. I think it's at a... That was the room. At the California Arts Institute, it says there, yeah. It's a classroom that they use. So a lot of great designers have 
gone into room A113, so it's become legendary. And so it gets a nod out that Pixar, whenever they want to use a random number, it's A113. I did see one on the list that I am actually familiar with is if you go to any of the Disneyland or Disney World theme parks, scattered throughout the entire theme park and on the rides and anywhere you can think of, the hotels, the resorts, there are hidden Mickeys. They hide little Mickey Mouse symbols of the three little circles around everywhere. And there are people who go around and try and find all, all of them. Because Disney, they do Easter eggs in like everything. All the cartoons have Easter eggs to the other ones. Mm. We could do multiple podcasts about just Disney alone. Oh, yes. I mean, in Little Mermaid, in the underwater scene when they're all having like a congregation, there's Donald Duck. Yeah, no, there's not only Donald Duck, but there's also Mickey and Goofy. Just cause. <laughs> and all through like Toy Stories and that, they like to put uh, the signature in this one is uh, Pizza Planet. Yes, they do like their Pizza Planet. Also one of the classic Easter eggs slash signatures that have appeared in so many things and I can't believe it hasn't come up. Stan Lee in a comic book movie, oh, specifically Marvel. The cameo, yes. The cameo of Stan Lee. Which is the same as Alfred Hitchcock, who also cameoed in all of his movies. Yeah, I think that that's a really cool idea. If you're gonna be like the guy who wrote it all and it's all your thing, like that would be the one thing I'd put in the, the list of like demands. Whatever the money is, we'll work that out, but I have to be in it. If I was making a movie where I didn't cast myself in a major role, there would be one awesome character that would just walk into the scene, be really funny, steal the show and then fuck off. That would be played by me. Obviously. I would put that one character in for me. <laughs> That's exactly what you want to do. In <clears throat> Raiders of the Lost Ark, when he's holding up like a ancient Egyptian whatever artifact. It's at the start of the movie, dude. It's a very iconic scene. It's that one where he's putting down the sandbag. That's um, Temple of Doom, isn't it? No, that's Raiders of the Lost okay. Ark. And well, when the boulder chases him. Well, do you know the one I'm talking about? Yeah, I know where you're going with this, but I'll let you do it. There's a symbol on it of R2-D2 and C-3PO. Yes. And then in Temple of Doom, they drive past a club called Club Obi-Wan. Ha! Huh, I didn't know that one. I do know there's a weird one that I don't know if it's an Easter egg or just a weird prediction that came true. But then again, it's kind of an obvious prediction. In I Am Legend, there is a poster up for a movie called Batman vs. Superman. Yes, I'm aware of that one. And that's more like, I think that just makes sense. I mean, they're bound to make that movie someday. And because there's been countless comic books about it. Yeah, it's like predicting a Die Hard sequel. Like, I've seen things where they've tried to claim it's an Easter egg that in Watchmen, they have posters out the front of Gotham Opera House and there's like a Batman thing. I'm like, well, no, that's just because it's all DC. I don't count that. <laughs> Apparently the shooting star that they had in Jaws was actually like a real shooting star. It was a media that they captured. Oh, wow. And just decided to use it in the movie. I mean, when you're rolling and just like, well, that's the take we're using, right? <laughs> Speaking of <laughs> mistakes and things that just luckily got in there. Willy Wonka, when the Candyman goes to do his song, you know, the Candyman can. And so he walks out from behind his counter. If you look closely, because there's a bunch of kids on the other side of the counter, as he lifts up the counter, he actually hits a little girl's head with it. The Candyman can. Thunk. And back in those days, they're like, walk it off, sweetie. They're <laughs> just like, should we redo it? No, I was really good in that take. Oh, here's an Easter egg though that might blow your mind a little. I recently watched the movie Detective Pikachu. Oh, is it good? It's actually pretty good. It's a fun movie. It's not great. Okay, like for, it's Romeo and Michelle, what you expect. There is a scene where he, it's like, if you've seen like a trailer for the movie, it's about a kid who's investigating his like father's death or something like that. And so he goes into his father's apartment and there's like an old detective movie playing. But the movie that they're playing is the same 
same movie that Kevin McAllister was watching in Home Alone. Oh, the um, with Fallen Sna- Angels or whatever it's called. Yes. You were smooching my brother. No, that's the one in the second, in the second one. Yep. Keep the change, you, you filthy, filthy animal. animal. That's the one. There that movie, they're actually showing. It's not the same mm. scenes, but it's definitely that movie. As soon as I saw it, I was just like, oh my God, that's the Home Alone movie. <laughs> and it's actually a real movie? It's not a real movie. That's it's a what I thought. It's a fake movie they made for Home Alone. Yes. So they decided to intentionally put that in there. And I thought that's a pretty cool nod. So obviously it had to be the same scenes. That's what made it interesting is because it looks like they shot a longer version of it and just <gasps> used cuts of it in Home Alone. Oh, see, that's not just necessarily an Easter egg. That's more like we do things like that where, well, we've got the footage. <laughs> we'll use it someday, right? It'll come back around. So it actually shows a bit in the scene before what you see in Home Alone. Oh, that's so cool. So you get to see extra footage of that movie. Extra footage of a fake movie. And how long have they held on to that? That's like 30 years ago that that movie came out. Even though it's different footage, like I almost want you to watch Detective Pikachu just so you can get to that scene and you just be like, that is definitely the movie from Home Alone. That's worth watching the whole other movie. Oh my God, we're watching a movie within a movie. It's like, um, oh, what's, oh, I'm sure there's like a movie that when you're like inside a thing that's inside the thing, what could that have been? I guess it's just like a thing. I'm just going to have to leave it. I can't think of any comparison that might work for this. Inception, I did it! (laughs) I tried to resist. They do mention one on here that apparently appears in Looney Tunes, which is the Acme Corporation. See, I don't know if that's an Easter egg so much as just a fictional company they use. Well, this is a filmmaker signature. So Acme is like, you know, in every Roadrunner, they have the Acme. It's just a device from the Roadrunner films. Yeah, this is where Wile E. Coyote gets all his stuff. Because it's kind of like there are companies even in the Pixar universe, like Pizza Planet that you mentioned before that appears multiple times. Also another one called By and Large, which is like their big corporation. Okay, yep. If you see batteries ever in a Pixar movie, they're made by By and Large. That's hilarious. By and Large also bought that old dude's house in Up. It's just the name of the big evil corporation. Yeah, and they also a lot to do in the Cars universe. So they do come up a lot. And they do a lot of that. Like you could go Pixar and Disney, you could go on forever about all the stuff that they put in, like all the nods to everything else they've done. Oh, here's another Easter egg. In the Rocky Horror Picture Show, I'm not sure that this is kind of half legend, but you can see it. There are actual Easter eggs in certain shots in the movie, The Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh, really? And the story goes, on the set, they had an actual Easter egg hunt and they didn't find all of them. So they just left in shot. Found it. Found it. So it is a literal Easter egg. Like an Easter egg within an Easter egg. It's... It's like some movie. I don't know what to call it. I think we were talking about before we started recording of... Because we sort of have with naming these episodes, they're named after the Wikipedia page that we're reviewing. But there are a lot of podcasts that use like a mention or a shout out that to something that was mentioned a lot in the podcast. Yes. I reckon if we named episodes, this one would be called Inception. Why would you call it that, Ben? <laughs> I have no idea. But because it's like a podcast within a podcast. That's with- why. Because it's just... Just like Inception. It's all folding in on itself. Leonardo DiCaprio's there. Sweet. Joseph Gordon Lovitz is there. That <laughs> Juno girl's there. I can't remember her name. Ellen Page. <laughs> They're all there and we're all dreaming. Okay, so let's get on because there are other Easter eggs. We've only really talked about video games and movies. There are ones on like Google, but I want to talk about this other one. The Book of Mozilla. What's the Book of Mozilla? It's a book that's not really a book that comes up if you type in certain things into, I want to say like one of the Mozilla 
Mozilla's the Netscape. Is that what they have as Google? What's their Google? I don't know what Mozilla is. I've never heard of it. Ah, okay. It's, um... Yeah, you're the expert on this one. I think you take over now. Okay, so if you go to Netscape, remember Netscape? Oh, Netscape Navigator, yes. Yeah. That's its olden. And Mozilla. Isn't that like a... It's like Firefox. Okay, so essentially it's it's an outdated... Yeah, this is old. Internet server thing. Yes, this is an old internet thing. This is pre-Google. Oh, wow. Yeah. This is what AltaVista ruled. <laughs> but if you type in certain things, these passages that are kind of like biblical from the book of Mozilla would come up. It's not a real book. It's just put in there. And it refers to, in a like a biblical kind of sense, this dragon-like lizard, which is the Mozilla is like a Godzilla-like lizard. Yeah, I assume yeah. it was a Godzilla knockoff in some way. So what are some of these passages from the book of Mozilla? Let's have a little look-see. And the beast shall come forth surrounded by a rolling cloud of vengeance. The house of the unbelievers shall be raised and they shall be scorched to the earth. Their tags shall blink until the end of days. What? If I saw that on a search engine, I would be like, these people have lost their fucking mind. Have I got a virus? Because <laughs> it's designed to sound biblical, but it's all sort of hinting towards, I don't know, like their own company that they made. Ironically, it's saying that a cloud of vengeance will be on someone who's like not using it. Whereas who uses that anymore? What should be saying is and then Google came forth and smited the little wannabe gods yeah it took down that Mozilla it's taken down by a bigger giant Google (laughs) there's always a bigger fish yeah they always talk about the beast yeah the beast referring to the lizard which is them I guess they really got like notes on themselves don't they and the beast shall be made legion in numbers shall be increased a thousand thousand fold the din of million keyboards like onto a great storm shall cover the earth and followers of Momon shall tremble. Mammon? There's a lot going on in that sentence. Yeah, how did these people go out of business again? Remind me. (laughs) Well, because people would type in things asking them questions and the job of their website was to answer questions. And from what we just read, they don't speak good enough English. Yeah, this is the one that comes up when you search where's the nearest hospital. (laughs) Where's the nearest hospital? And the beast shall be made legion. Okay, I'm going to die. Where's Google? I'm going to ask Jeeves. Can we ask Jeeves? <laughs> oh my God. I remember when you used to ask Jeeves stuff. He was like this little butler guy. It's cool. Yeah. So this is an older internet Easter egg, essentially. It sounds like the rantings of a madman. I think it's meant to be designed that way. Yeah, but that's not a good business structure. Oh, it's a terrible business structure. <laughs> it's absolutely horrible. I mean, where is Netscape now? Remember it had the little ship steering wheel? It didn't navigate well, it turns out. <laughs> Nothing goes faster than boats. So that happened. Do you remember when we used to call it surfing the net? When was the last time you heard the term surfing the net? It's been a long while. <laughs> Not since the 90s, maybe? I know. We don't really surf it anymore. You go online. Yeah, you go online. I think it stopped because everyone's pretty much always online now. You can't surf that much. Yeah. But everybody was surfing. Surfing Mozilla. So this is a whole bunch of crap, is my point. And this is why they went out of business. It's also not known as the information superhighway anymore. <laughs> like, that, that feels like almost 80s, like really early 90s. Like, prediction? Yeah. Like, oh, it's going to be the information superhighway. Whereas now it's just like, it's the internet. Well, because it moves faster than a highway. Have you ever been on a highway? They're kind of slow. They only move about the speed of a car. And there isn't really so much information on the internet. It's just mindless crap. There's like 2% 
percent information, ninety eight percent mindless crap. Well, uh, then it, it's less like a highway and more like a city street because you're trying to get to the information, but it's so backed up with traffic of pop up ads and cute kittens and monkeys peeing, pornography, and then a bunch of idiots talking about their conspiracy theories and podcasts and other useless things that you really can't get to what you're looking for unless you got to sit in traffic for half an hour. Too much congestion. Yeah, the problem with the internet now is it's really hard to tell the difference between real information and just stupid people's opinions. Because they put theirs up more. They're more dedicated to the cause. You got to hand it to them. They wanted it more. All right, so this is a bunch of- a bunch of of ramblings that are just awkward to read. It really is. And these people went out of business, you say? Yeah, surprising, isn't it? Google Easter eggs. Theirs will be less mindless. (laughs) Oh, I do know one Google Easter egg. Oh, yeah? Do you know the do a barrel roll? I think you may have mentioned this, but can you do a barrel roll? Okay, so you're good. Because that's like, um, I want to say Fox. What was the name of that game? Star Fox. Star Fox, yeah. There's a character in it called Peppy, who's a rabbit. And he says at one stage, do a barrel roll. And so it became a catchphrase of the game. So do a barrel roll. Oh, it came up after do. (laughs) I'm so impressed by the Google prediction. So you can try this at home. If you've got Google open on your computer, go to the actual Google site. Don't type it in at the top and type in do a barrel roll. And that happens. Whoa! It did a barrel roll! Roll. The whole of Google did a barrel roll. It does a whole spinny thing. Wow. Remember how I was talking about how easily I'm impressed by flavors? Apparently stupid things like this too. And so when you press back, it unbarrel rolls. Didn't know that. Uh, what's the one? I heard there's one where if you type in Chuck Norris and I'm feeling lucky, something happens. Chuck Norris. But you have to go to the, the I'm feeling lucky button. So you got to go back to the. Other oh, okay. One. Yep. So Chuck Norris. I'm feeling feeling lucky. lucky. Apparently something's supposed to happen. You go to the Wikipedia page for Chuck Norris. We already did an episode on that. Oh, it was supposed to do something. Maybe you have to type something else in. I know there is one. um, Oh, if I can remember how this is even spelled. Do you know Rick and Morty? Yeah. What is it? Wubba Lubba Dub Dub that he says? Yeah. Wubba Lubba Uh, Dub Dub. You typed in W-U and it came up. Now, do you remember in a Rick and Morty episode where they actually translated? It means um, I want to kill myself, is it? Or I'm really sad? I'm in great pain. Please help me. So when you type in Wubba Lubba Dub Dub, it comes up. Did you mean I am in great pain? Please help me. Oh, that's lovely. So that's a nice little Easter egg to Rick and Morty. That's what it means. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, that oh. is good. So there are a couple of the Google Easter eggs. All right, sweet. And I think we've hit the time where we've got to rate this page. So what did you think of our Easter eggy Goody page? Goodness. Yeah. I would have to rate this page a Ready Player One out of a possible Cadbury egg. <laughs> oh yeah, you saw that movie recently. I forgot that. We were spoiling it, but then we forgot to. Yeah, which, see? What a good move. <laughs> we didn't spoil that movie. Yeah, but- I hate to think that someone like goes, oh, I'm going to switch this off until I watch the movie. And then they finally turn on and go, these motherfuckers didn't talk about Ready Player One at all. But you have obviously not been paying attention to how we podcast. Yeah. That's on you, not us. At this point, that's your fault. So I watched Ready Player one and that's why I got the idea for doing this plus it's Easter it's the time for the egg man I thought it was great because the movie Ready Player One had so many like tropes I guess you'd call them so many nods to so many different things it was a whole thing where I'm watching it going I remember that I remember that oh that's a nod to this oh that's a nod to that it's great but it's out of a Cadbury egg because there's nothing sweeter that's as good as it gets man and that's where I'm gonna be in a week's time buried knuckle deep in a Cadbury egg just like life is so sweet right now so I guess the 
page could have been better because it's not a Cadbury egg. But then nothing is a Cadbury egg except a Cadbury egg. Oh my God, we should have done the page for the Cadbury egg. <laughs> next time. Next, next time. Easter. Next Easter. I'll get them next time. That's what I thought of this page. I had so much fun with this. There are so many little tidbits in a lot of different things. It was great. What did you think, Ben? Okay, well, I'm going to give my rating out of 94, which is a random number, but it's actually a small Easter egg to the little mistake you made in this podcast. Oh, he's pointed it out. Yeah, because that's when The Mask and Ace Ventura and Dumb and Dumber came out. And to truly rub it in, I will give it a 92 out of 94. Oh, well, at least I'm glad you like the page. I don't really care about the page. This is just all a spiteful rating here. <laughs> it's just attacking you. I don't care about the page. When, when does the rating give any indication of what I felt? <laughs> They're just random numbers I pull out of my ass. <laughs> But no, I did actually like this page. I do like Easter eggs. They are exciting when you can find them in stuff. And when you find out about some, there's that response where you're just like, oh my God, I need to go see that again. And I do like them particularly in video games because if you have that video game, it gives you something that you can look for. Like now that you've told me about that one in Hitman Blood Money, I so want to see those men dancing in their underwear. <laughs> Sounds weird, but I want to see it. Never wanted to see men dance in their underwear anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I oh. have found in video games when I do find an Easter egg, I get stuck there because it's just like it's on a wall or something. It's just some silly thing. They're like, oh, there's my name. But then I'm stuck there like, okay, I found the thing. I'm not going to leave it yet. Is this is this it? <laughs> is this all we're doing? But I found it because if I leave, then I won't be at the Easter egg anymore. I'm just going to abandon the game now with him staring at this Easter egg. I'll come back in and be like, oh, that's why I did it. So no, I, I yeah, I really liked this page. I thought it was cool finding out that Stephen Wright, the comedian, was the one who coined the phrase. I'm sure that's accurate. Wiki Review's official stance. Keep yeah, going. yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I liked watching your mind get blown when you saw the do a barrel roll one which I recommend that to everyone at home go on to google and type do a barrel roll like if you've got like a 10 year old kid you will blow their mind they will think that's like pull my finger to them ah, and I also recommend the Nintendo 64 game Star Fox or as it was called in the Australian release Lilat Wars that's why I got mixed up with the name I, I own like, a copy of Lilat Wars me too yeah it's awesome it's oh cool. my little brother did I still have it it's a fantastic game I play it every now and then it was one of the greater games mm, you can finish it in about 30-40 minutes easily. Alright, well that's it for another episode of Wiki Review. Other than that, we just got our usual stuff to plug. Find us on Facebook. That's Humor Door. Find us. Like us. Love us. Send us a message. Talk to us. We're always happy to chat. We're also on Instagram. We're also on Twitter. And Garth, you're individually on those things as well, because you've got Garth Remington Comedian. Yeah, like after years of being a comedian, I'm like I realised I have no proof <laughs> that I have been in the business for over a decade. Like, no proof. I just did gigs. So I'm trying to have a web presence. So find me, Garth Remington. Names in the show notes. I am the only Garth Remington on the internet. So type in my name, whatever comes up, like it and find me. Ask me questions about Ben, I'll tell you. So if they found you, would they be able to find out how to see you perform comedy live? Absolutely. If you find me on Facebook, my Facebook page, Garth Remington, I put up where I'm performing, what I'm doing next and you'll even see pictures of me after the show. So you'd be like, oh, that's what I missed. Yeah. Yeah, you missed out at that point. Yeah, you've got to go to these shows. They're awesome. You've got to see Garth Remington live, especially if you're a wiki review completionist. That's right, because maybe I'll start talking about things that happened at the gigs as though we all know what happened because yeah. all true listeners were at my gigs. <laughs> and if you don't go, you won't be included in the joke and it'll feel like you're being left out. Might be leaving a few Easter eggs from the uh, stand-up shows, hey? Eh? I mean, that would be great as a wiki review fan because like, I might be at the gig, so I could like sit there with them while we watch you do stand-ups. 
So well, there you go. There you go. That's a complete wiki review immersion. And that is a wiki review humidor promise. If you come to a Garth Remington gig, you will get to sit next to Ben Graw <laughs> and he will discuss it with you. And yeah, we can analyze Garth's comedy, <laughs> which is what I love more than anything. <laughs> Being critiqued by Ben and someone who, well, at least you showed up. I'm, I'm just happy to have bums in seats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we hope to see you at the show. <laughs> yeah. Other than that, um, YouTube. Oh, uh, yeah, we're still plugging that. YouTube, uh, which is Humidor. You can find it all at humidor.com.au and also in the show notes. Oh, on the email, wikireviewpodcast at gmail.com. But none of you have sent emails to that. We get more hit ups on Facebook because it's 2020 and people yeah. are like, email? What's that? <laughs> but I- if you send us an email, you'll be the only one. Email? I don't have a stamp. <laughs> How do you do that? I'm not old. Let's be pen pals. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we'll catch you on the next wiki review then. All right. Um, oh, wait. I, that's not how I end the show, is it? Yeah. What All have right. you done, Ben? All right. That's it for another episode of Wiki Review. I'm Ben Graw. I'm Garth Remington. And we'll catch you on the next wiki review. Find Humidor on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and at humidor.com.au. Theme is I Live for the Bass Drum by DJ Searle. All other music by Matt Graw. That's better. That's better. That I felt very... It's like that time when I said it first and we didn't know what we were doing. It's funny, like, how many episodes are we in and sometimes we forget how the show ends. <laughs> I have no idea how to get out of this. All right, it's over now. Done. <laughs> we did it. Cool. All right, on to uh, Hitman.